Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Back with our regularly scheduled weekly roundup. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's most dangerous MFers. Yes. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I am tired as fucking hell, dude. This travels some shit. You crazy mofo, man. On this week's show, iSims ain't no jibe turkey. <laughs> Karen finds, you like that yeah. one? Karen finds a mate and Slat gets a stiff arm. And we have more rumors than an episode of TMZ. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this word from Sovereign. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Va-va-voom. I always do. Every <laughs> single time I hear that commercial. <laughs> so, so I posted on Facebook this week that uh, Spaceballs was released however 30 years ago or whenever it was and uh-huh. uh my favorite line is when they're combing the desert <laughs> we <laughs> <And then> ain't <laughs> found shit <laughs> well they're combing the desert the, the white dudes have a comb and the yeah. and the black dudes have a pick <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's awesome yeah it's funny shit oh, i see your thoughts is as big as mine Love it. Uh, yeah, dude, you've been a traveling man. I, I was smart enough to take a little time off, but you uh, you had to go out to Denver last week. Yeah. I, no, I had a great time. Uh, Louise Grant from JobGate. Uh, Julie was actually on stage. She fucking killed it. I was I was her roadie. Let's put it that way, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> She's number one. We like yeah. standing ovation. Go, baby, go. It, it was awesome. You know, we go to a lot of these in- industry conferences and, it, and it's really cool because you see, you know, like I had lunch with the guys from Talk Push and saw, you know, Bill Fanning and, and Jonathan Duarte. I mean, just all these guys that you see. And uh, the, the things that stick out about a conference is, is what matters, right? And as soon as you come in, you know how they give you the bag full of like, I say in most cases, like junk. It's got like all these cheap chotskis and shit, right? Yeah. So. Louise and and group, they give you a bag and it and it had beers in it. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> were they cold, were they in a cooler or something? Like just warm beer? They were warm, yeah. So okay. you know, you had you had to get your own ice. Not a not that you know, that's I can do that for goodness sakes. But uh yeah. giving giving of the beer was pretty awesome. So that's a big applause. Uh so okay. Side. So was this like Denver, Colorado yes. based beer? Yep. Okay. It was all local local brews. And how many? I think there was just one per, but Louise gave me a special bag because she knows we like beer that had like like six in it or something like that. <laughs> I feel like this whole beer thing is a little bit like thanks to us. A little bit. Just a little it bit. It could be. It could be. But I've, I yeah, have to say that whole, was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, the spread of alcoholism, you know, God bless the Chad. It's like T.A. Tech. You get a T.A. Tech whenever we're on stage, they open the bar. I mean, Pete and 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 Peter at T.A. I mean, they, it's like, no, they get it. And then obviously Smash Fly. We were on stage at Smash Fly. Just a um, bucket of beer. Yeah, a bucket of beer was brought to us. Um, so pretty much wherever we go, they understand that, you know, it's kind of like written in our in our silent contract, I guess you could say. Well, hell, dude, in, in Belgium, in, in, in Belgium, I presented at a bar. <laughs> See? I mean, like, that's, I can die a happy man now. Well, at Tauru, at a bar. At Tauru, everybody was faced forward, but the bar was at the back and they brought the bar in for us. So all we did was go to the back of the room and we sat at the bar and pretty much mm-hmm. did our did our 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 talk during uh during that but we turned the entire room around because the bar was at the back of the room <laughs> that's good shit dude uh, yeah and we've been really good at our server skills lately yes. honing those yeah, we're trying delivering delivering the yeah, goods to people but yeah louise that's a that's a big big thumbs gotta up gotta love it gotta love it beer at conferences take note conferences out there take note goodie bags of beer <laughs> Surprised with Colorado, there wasn't, you know, something green in the bag, too. Yeah, no, that that shit was going around all over the place. So whether it was gummies <laughs> or the, just the, the traditional, that that was happening. Uh, I guess we're starting shout outs. I guess that's the first one, technically. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, you mentioned Smashfly, but uh, huge shout out to uh, Josh Zwain. Julia Levy from Fiserv. And Holland McCord. No, right? Holland McHugh. Dom Beck McHugh. McHugh, yeah, from Delta Airlines. Yeah, yep. She's had like eight names since I, yeah, I, I know. remember. But uh, yeah, they were they were brave enough to come on stage with us, talk shop, and a uh, big shout out to those folks. Yeah, and, and Holland actually brought us beer from Atlanta. So again, I mean, people are just getting this. So here's a, a couple of things from Smashfly that I loved. So uh, Alin and Tyler from uh, Intel, I love that they're on stage telling everyone that their batshit bad recruitment funnels suck. Get rid of them. Um, I, I want to bring these guys on um, because, again, they're Intel. They, they have a lot of money. They're pushing into recruiting and whatnot, which I think is just awesome, mm-hmm. especially from a tech systems analytics standpoint, a data standpoint. Um, but I want to get these guys on the show to talk about their recruitment infinity loop. It's it's really good shit. And uh, we saw a lot of that where everybody's kind of moving from this old funnel to more of an infinity loop. And that is more predicated on not just the recruitment process, but also engagement. So trying to kind of blend engagement into uh, the recruiting piece. Go fucking figure, right? Engagement, a common theme on the show that we love so very yes. much. Yeah. And Holland and Holland also said in her presentation of Delta Airlines that they actually have gained or given 80 hours back to their recruitment team through their use of chatbots. So I thought that was also that was pretty cool. So hearing these practitioners on the stage talk about, yeah, this is really cool, but also to be able to talk about the data and the really practical ways that they're using it and the impact on their teams. Chatbots clearly work like a year or so later. Yeah. They're clearly, uh, and as one of our new stories will feature, a little tease there, yeah. uh, they're, they're going to start falling like dominoes to acquirers. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Too easy. Um, yeah. uh, shout out to iHeartRadio. Apparently, yes. you can now listen to the Chad and Cheese podcast 
at iHeart. Yep, iHeart Radio, and also and also the new platform Luminary. So we're on Luminary, our iHeart Radio, and we just continue to add platform. Luminary is an interesting one. They uh, they have paid uh, podcasts, yeah. like exclusives on there. So yep. we'll see if that works yep. out very well for them. Uh, you had a couple new listeners, Kevin Kirkpatrick yep. and Storm and Norman. Do you know anything <laughs> about these cats? So Kevin Kirkpatrick, first and foremost, just wanted to say that, you know, you're saying John wrong. Okay. So he's a new Philly listener. Maybe he's not a new Philly listener, but he's a Philly listener. Yo, that John is so lame. That's exactly right. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. Um, Storm and Norman is a guy that I've known forever and he's been in this industry forever and he has like 1500 domains that he's trying to get rid of. Just because they're they're sitting around doing nothing, so he's like, "Chad, can you say something about it on the pod?" I'm like, "Yeah, not a problem." So if you're <laughs> looking for, I mean, th- these are trusted domains that he really just can't do anything with. Go ahead, hit us up on ChadCheese.com. Yeah, some of them are actually pretty good. So, uh, but I, I didn't go uh, through. I didn't go through all of them because I mean, it's like over a thousand domains. Do we need to give him Jason Davis's <laughs> number. <laughs> Uh, he's got about a thousand domains too. Maybe they could do like a bundle package deal. Anyway. So, uh, shout out to another, I believe new listener, uh, Jose Watson. It's hilarious. He actually was listening to the Chad and cheese podcast without headphones, uh, at work. And he was asked to please put the headphones on because you know, there, there's some language. So sorry, not sorry, Jose, you should have known better. He had a (laughs) moment there, didn't he? Oops. Uh, and then Sarah stamp who logged into and listened to uh, our live stream on Smash Flash Transform. She's a listener, but she obviously wanted to watch the show too. So big shout out to Sarah. And that's when she discovered those guys have a face for podcasting. Especially you, yes. I'm sorry, George Clooney. Uh, have we have we shout out to Smashfly Transform yet? Yeah, the, the, those guys really killed it in Boston. The venue was pretty awesome. Having practitioners mm-hmm. again, not just talk about fluff and stuff all, on stage. I hate that shit. I just I get up and leave when I hear practitioners just talk about fluffy bullshit on stage. I was in my seat listening to things that actually mattered. So big big props to Jay Z. Uh, to, to Tom, to, you know, Brandy and the gang over there for putting that together. Yeah, I was, uh, I was sad that I had to, to jet out early for you know, personal reasons. But uh, I was glad to see that the QR code is making a comeback <laughs> with, uh, with sprint recruiting, I believe. Don't call it a comeback. It's been here for years. Last but not least, we've got to finish this, this outright with Wreckfest. Guys, we've been talking about Wreckfest for a while. And, and, and I know it's like, Chad, shut up. It's already sold out. You can still get on the wait list. Two weeks away. Yeah, you can still get on the wait list. But here's the thing, guys. 3,000 attendees five stages they're actually shutting down for the stages and we're gonna be the headliner so we're the last ones that are actually on and through our friends at talent nexus we're gonna be doing some really cool stuff with them i'm just teasing you about it now but one thing that we will tell you about is if you're going to be at Wreckfest, we've actually teamed up with talent nexus and we're going to be giving some lucky listener slash uh, Twitter follower or whatever, a free year of beer or coffee, depending on what they like. And if they like coffee, we'll probably give it to the person who's going to take the beer. But anyway, free year of beer promotion, 
should be a blast. Shall we play? Goddamn straight. I'm just I'm I'm stoked. Uh, we also have we have some other surprises with the guys from Wreckfest. We're putting some things together. You've got to be uh, you've got to be at the stage because we're going to be giving a lot of shit away and a lot of surprises are going to happen. So it's uh, it should be a blast. Be there, be square, baby, and you'll miss my red, white, and blue uh, speedo if you don't show <laughs> God, up. I, I so hope you don't have one of those. Boom. Hi, this is Tim Guy, the unbiased interview robot. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. I love these guys. And we love you too, Ting Guy. How could you not? Almost as much as iSims love <laughs> Jibe uh, this past week or yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Our buddies at iSims, who have uh, gotten the acquisition bug here lately, uh, acquired Jibe, which I guess you would call sort of a talent platform. More of an engagement. Yeah. Making career sites, being knee deep in Google stuff yeah. really early on. Uh, yeah, branding stuff, sort of an attraction. See how I did that? <laughs> we'll lead into that. Sort of an attraction platform that iSims uh-huh. is building here. And you'll remember that they acquired Text Recruit a year or so ago as well. So they're building a nice little platform for marketing to candidates. Yeah, no, I think Text Recruit's probably been like close to two years now, right? I mean, it's been it's been a little while. Um, yeah. So I mean, once again, people, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again, and you've heard it before, but too fucking bad. Let me make this very clear. This is an arms race. It's what it is. You either pick who you're going to partner with as a core tech or you try to survive on the island by yourself. That's that's what's happening here. So Canvas, obviously, Jobvite, Text Recruit, iSims, uh, Jobvite also with uh, Telemetry, which is which is kind of like a Jibe-like platform, I guess you could say. Role point. Yeah, role point. So, I mean, there's all this that's actually happening. And this is an arms race. That they're make, make no doubt about it. Um, the big question is, if you're a startup out there or if you're a company that has been a point solution for a very long time, are you going to join in this kind of like arms race, are you going to try to duck and cover and hope this shit passes? So we have a whisper number for what iSims paid for Jibe. Uh-huh. Uh, unsubstantiated rumors, but we like our sources pretty well. Uh, uh-huh. The number that I heard was $60 million. Yeah. So the amount of cash that they actually were able to put together was like over four was oh it was over 40 million right yeah jibe raised around 39 million i think okay okay so you take a look at the 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 sale on that i mean that's not a bad buy for isims right (laughs) no no they did (laughs) jibe investors didn't get quite the 10x that they were probably hoping for uh it was more like the one and a half x but yeah uh yeah an acquisition nonetheless and you know i i had heard over the years you know sort of negative uh, rumors about Jibe and sort of they're running out of money. And so I'm not I'm not going to say that it was a, a clearance sale, but um, probably was a little bit of a bummer for Jibe investors who forked over $40 million. Yeah. Well, Joe, very early on, became uh, very fast friends with Google, right? With Bogomil and then, then now Tarquin mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to infuse their tech um, the Jibe tech with with Google and and use Google search, which, you know, we mm-hmm. we thought was very smart right out of the gate. And while that was happening, guess who else was a part of that uh, that whole kind of collab that was happening? ISEMS. ISEMS was doing the exact same thing. So the big question was, you mm-hmm. know, were they 
pretty much in the room together? Did this all kind of come about through those types of relationships? That's a good question. Well, we know iSims is a huge fan of Google and, uh, you know, sort of taking out the middleman of right. job search. So, yeah, definitely a, a match made in heaven from a Google affection standpoint. Yeah. Um, and Joe will be joining uh, iSims as a, a VP, I believe, of or general manager of uh, the new Attract product. Which means Jibe's going away. Probably. Probably. It's a good name, though. Well, last year, no, it's a great name. Last year when we were at Isom's HQ and we were going through the Isom's Influence um, Analyst Conference, uh, they were talking about these different components. And the big question that I had for Al was, dude, you know, you can't build all this shit. I mean, you can, but I mean, it makes no sense. And he's like, no, 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 you're right. <laughs> you're right. Which is one of the reasons why we, you know, we, we bought uh text recruit, you know, it's in, and so I see this as something uh, where some very smart people, the Colin days of the world, the, 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 the Al Smiths of the world, um, they know their shit. And uh, he's a due diligence kind of guy. So he saw something I'm sure in jibe that, uh, that they, they wanted to pull in because uh, it's, it's kind of like cheating, right? A little bit. You know, uh, Susan Vitale uh, at iSims will probably hate me to say this, but I like Jive better than I do iSims as a brand. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the hard part, right? Um, not to mention it, it has a name in the market. Not to mention um, if you pull Jive, and this is the the kind of the, the argument that you and I have had for a little while is if you pull Jibe into iSims as a part of iSims, you could have prospectively lost money mm -hmm. from clients because clients actually have a bundle of money for uh, a quote unquote talent attraction, talent engagement type of platform. And they have obviously a, a bigger pile of cash for, for uh, their applicant tracking system. Yeah. Here's the thing. If they're both together, I guarantee you that, pile of cash for the engagement piece is going to be much, much smaller. But if it's a different platform, a different product, but just owned by mm -hmm. iSIMS, I, I think they can actually keep and gain more money that way. Again, that's just, that's my opinion, but knowing how the actual market thinks and selling into this market for, for 20 years, yeah. That's what's going to happen. I know you're you're a big fan of sort of house, you know, brand of how or house of brands, but I, you know, to me, and I, I could go either way. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of either, depending on the product. But I think with the announcement of Attract, um, iSIMS Attract or whatever they're calling it, I would not right. be surprised to see Jibe and Text Recruit sort of melt into this new Attract tool. I, you, you would probably say that's a bad decision. I would say it's probably just something that's going to have to happen regardless. But we'll, yeah. we'll see those guys in a few months. We'll have to, to nail them down for an interview and, and see what's really going on with those brands. Well, literally, if you have a company like, and this has a lot to do with culture too, let's not try to throw this out and just think it's a brand thing because mm -hmm. it's not. The people who work for Text Recruit right now, okay, they might be getting paid through obviously the ISIMS funnel. Totally get that, mm -hmm. right? They believe that brand they are a part of that brand that text recruit brand if you get rid of a brand like that something that has had a purpose mm -hmm. and something that i mean eric has obviously sold these people on for years um because he 
he believes in the purpose. He is, you know, he's he embodies that purpose. That's going to be uh, an issue from a resource standpoint because people will leave because that purpose means so much to them. So if they are looking to make this transition, they're going to have to do it in an incredibly delicate manner. Slowly. It'll it'll be it'll be iSIMS attract messaging powered by text recruit for like the next two years, and then it'll slowly just fade away. Again, it's it's a delicate conversation. It is delicate, <laughs> delicate like the name Karen. Karen. Let's leave this to our next story. A love story between Alexander and Karen. Alexander Man Ooh. Solutions <laughs> acquires Karen AI. This to me. Is big fucking news. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a chat bot, right? Yep. So we've got all of these messaging solutions that are being acquired. Now, again, this isn't just an arms race for the quote unquote tech vendors. RPO and staffing see the writing on the wall as well. And they know they have yep. a better chance of building the tech and will it will be adopted if it's going through their services. So if you're a staffing company and you're using these products, uh, or if you're an RPO and you're actually embedding these products and clients are paying for these products and you're embedding it into their process methodology, Mm -hmm. holy shit, it just makes sense from an adoption standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, if you're a shareholder in a chatbot right now, you might wanna like go yacht shopping um, because the dollars are coming, uh, investment oh, yeah. dollars we've been talking about for a long time, but these suckers are going to get snapped up, snapped up in the next 12 months post haste. Yeah. We know they work. I mean, you mentioned, uh, Holland talking about, you know, the times time saved, the money saved with yeah. chatbots. We know that job seekers like them. There's no more black hole, like chatbots work. And ultimately the people are going to write checks, uh, to gobble these guys up. I'd like to I'd like to dive deeper with Holland too and find out exactly what they did with the chatbot that saved them that 80 hours because there might be I, I would guarantee there's even more that can be done. But but do you know who actually works over at Alexandra Man Solutions? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, that's our girl, right? Yeah, the queen of chatbots. Quincy. Qu- um, yeah, 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 the queen of chatbots. So she she was on the pod last November. And yep. if you haven't listened, go to chadcheese.com, click on podcast and just look through the November podcast. It's there. Listen to it. It's damned good. So when I heard the whole Karen thing happening, I automatically thought about her. Yeah. Uh, because because she knows, I mean, she knows her shit, not just from an RPO solution design kind of a thing because that's i mean that's what she spent a good amount of her time in but also from a tech standpoint she really knows her shit yeah and she knows the players uh so for for karen to be the one that Mm -hmm. they targeted and went to acquire and and the the terms of the deal were not disclosed but uh you know our girl knows her chatbots so uh if if you're a chatbot and not using karen as a as a you know a blueprint you might want to start doing that because someone who knows chatbots and someone who has the money to buy them pick this one. So you might want to follow suit. We have to take a look at, at early stage too, right? Because you can't allow a chatbot in some cases, depending on what you want to do with it, to get too big yeah. um, because of the price tag, right? Yeah. Um, not to mention the ability to really change the roadmap 
of where that perspective chatbot is going. So I think we we really haven't heard a lot about Karen, to be quite frank. Yeah. And I think this was probably smart because they were out there. There's no question they were shopping and they were checking out all these chatbots. Mm -hmm. uh, this chatbot was probably in the right stage um, for them, for exactly yeah. what they were looking for. And it's probably not as mature as like a, 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 a talk. Well, I guarantee you it's not as mature as a talk push or an Olivia or something like that. But the price tag goes up dramatically when you start yeah. talking about them. Yeah. And she knew, she knows all the teams as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm sure whatever talent they had had some part in, in writing uh, a check to, to get those guys. So yeah, yeah. congratulations all around, but this is, this is to me going to start a domino effect. Uh, we're going to start seeing these chat bots get gobbled up. Watch this space kids. Uh, another space to keep an eye on is the one that job ad X is currently residing. Let's hear, get a word from them and we'll talk about another new CEO for one of our favorite hourly sites. Yeah. Finding the right fit is important. When you're deciding on shoes for a long day at the trade show, when you're picking the right podcast for your commute, and most importantly, when you're looking for the right candidate. With JobAdX, you can attract more relevant, engaged candidates to your jobs by harnessing the best in ad tech targeting. From predictive industry analysis and keyword click data to premium first page placement and reducing redundant applications, our candidate targeting technology ensures that you're reaching talent that's as interested in working with you as you are with them. Now with in-ad video and multimedia, you can share your employer brand story and company culture with job seekers so they can visualize themselves in your office, all hands meeting or axe throwing team building adventure all without navigating away from your job posting. Increased engagement makes for fewer steps between job seeker and new team member. Ready to ramp up your job advertising campaigns with the best in ad tech? Visit our new website at www.jobadx.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. So I feel like snag a job is one of these dying stories that doesn't get enough attention. But Snag a Job, not too long ago, was a major, major force in the job board world. Mm -hmm. um, and they've fallen off the map really quickly. So do you feel like they're a dying brand? Because they, they did a, a brand refresh, is it snag.co or something like that? Yeah, I feel like I feel like that was that was a major <laughs> a major fuck up because when they were snag a job uh -huh. and post your jobs and, you know, part-time work and hourly folks. And I mean, they were a force in that, in that space. And they decided to go platform marketplace based Uber for, you know, workers. Yeah. And we both agree that's a good place to go, but they have not fared well in terms of that new world. Mm -hmm. uh, they went to snag.co uh, they became more sort of mo uh, native app based. Their CEO, original CEO, or the one they had when we first interviewed them about this, is gone. Right. Uh, the guy who took over is gone, and now they have a new CEO. So shit's fucked up over at Snag. I have an entirely different kind of vantage point on this. I think that that's why we have a show. Yeah, I think I think I think Fabio Rosati. I, I love I love the name by the way, Fabio. He stepped into the CEO position, it might not have been announced this way because he's the fucking executive board chairman, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I think 
it was always short term. And Matthew Stevenson, who's the new CEO, he was the CMO, but he joined the team in January, right? So the guy hasn't even been there a year yet. I believe that Fabio was looking to groom Matthew to be able to take over the position so he could step back. And that's what Fabio is doing. He's stepping back into the executive board chair position. So I think this was something that was kind of like calculated behind the scenes. I could be totally wrong. It could be fucked up. But to me, it feels like it was calculated behind the scenes and that they were looking for the right person to take over as CEO. And that person is going to have to be focused on on on-demand platform for hourly workers. And that is going to be a very competitive space with Uber is now in that space. Uh, Obviously, the the, the Upworks of the world, um, there are just so many of those companies. And I guess from my standpoint, and, and, you know, we're obviously a little bit closer to this brand, but do you think job case is going to go in that direction too it's kind of like an on-demand kind of a system i think that's going to inevitably have to be part of their offering uh-huh i mean i know they're they're built so much around community yeah that it, w- it would be an interesting um play part of what they're doing or, yeah. you know actually play um, because they already have sort of you know ingrained reviews and communication and engagement amongst job seekers uh-huh. which really plays well into you know who who hiring is good with uh, with contract workers mm-hmm. or gig workers, so I definitely think so. Um, you know, I just think with Snag, like whenever you lose a CEO and sort of the visionary, the person that you know is, it's just really hard for organizations to deal with uh, volatility in the CEO ranks. Um, so I mean, maybe Snag will get it together. Uh, we'll certainly report on it either way, but I just think you never ever hear about snag in the news mm-hmm. from release. I mean, like they've just sort of disappeared and I'm sure they still have happy customers and people using them, but I just, yeah. I don't, I don't feel the same kind of energy around the company that I did, you know, a few years, even just a few years ago. They still have like close to a hundred million registered workers and, and nearly, you know, half a million employers yeah. using the system. Um, so again, I, I think they've got a long runway. Right. And I think, just from my standpoint, this change was always something that they kind of like calculated behind the scenes, thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, Fabio is still going to be from Upwork fame, right? He's he's still going to be there overlooking everything. But they were looking for the right person, I believe, to take this over. Yeah. Um, and the reason I asked about the the job case, your, your, your ideas on job cases, because they just hired Jeff Chow to be their SVP of product management. And that dude... Um, led product and design teams over at Google and TripAdvisor. So the $100 million that that they they received just months back, they're looking to make some very aggressive moves on their side as well. But again, you're right. They're more of that social community piece. Mm -hmm. How do you you prospectively flip a social community kind of a piece into an on-demand work platform? It seems interesting because they're both in the same segment. Mm -hmm. Going at the market differently. Yep. Uh, I think we should make a note to reach out to Matthew Stevenson, new CEO, and get him on the show and, and get dig into like what the vision is and what they're doing and, and what we can expect from them in the future. I'm already on that. <laughs> <laughs> Tease alert. Transitioning over into something we never talk about, Slack. Slack. It's, it's interesting that people think 
it's a big deal that Microsoft is banning the use of Slack. They're sort of blaming it, blaming it on security issues with, you know, AWS and, but it's, it's a competitive play. Um, Microsoft has a competitor to Slack. As such, they don't want their employees or their company using Slack when they have a competing product like that just doesn't make any sense. No. Um, now, what, what is interesting, and this wasn't in the story, I don't think, is, uh, as I understand it, LinkedIn uses Slack internally. So it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if they, I'm sure they banned it across all Microsoft companies, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that LinkedIn has been a Slack user for a long time. Um, so that could be a nice little headache for employees to, to switch over to a Microsoft product. Yeah. I mean, I, and I haven't used Teams, but I've actually talked to people who do and and they love it. I mean, I've used Slack and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like it. It's, it's, it's information overload, especially when you get like five or six people on a team and they're collaborating on something. It is a bitch to try to keep up with in some cases. I mean, it really, it's like information overload. Um, it's better than email. Don't get me wrong, but I just Slack is a quote unquote finished product. I just it doesn't to me feel like a finished product. Aside from being a very competitive, you know, landscape, um, I think we we've been reporting on open source products or services. Yeah, and matter most. I think was the one yep. recently that also got fifty million. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, the whenever we see a space like this where there's like a main player. And then it's basically a commodity and people mm-hmm. do it for free or do it really inexpensively. Like it gets in trouble. And you have when you have big players like Facebook and Microsoft getting into this. But as you listen to, uh, you know, when when Slack went public, their CEO was, you know, doing the rounds on, you know, CNBC and Bloomberg and everything. And they asked him that same question, you know, hey, you're getting competition from really big players. And he wasn't super concerned. Uh, I think his comment was, you know, we're competitor aware but we are customer, you know, focused, uh, which is, I think, a good, a good way to be. Um, in fact, he mentioned that apparently Google has a competing product, but a uh, quote from him is no one knows about it. So <laughs> it is true that these big companies, you know, the bigger companies will throw, you know, resources at, at creating a competitor. But if, yeah. if Slack continues to iterate, and I do think at some point they're going to be an office competitor, which is a big reason why I think Microsoft wants to kill them now we'll see i just again the whole microsoft kicking slack out to me just doesn't seem surprising at all i mean the real challenge for slack is you know once all the companies you know they're using microsoft when the it departments you know say oh well we don't want to use this aws service da 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 we're going to go with microsoft that's when Slack really hits a, a brick wall, I think. I haven't heard of many companies switching from AWS to Azure, but eh, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the IT department says, look, Slack is you know, Slack is a threat, a cyber threat or a risk. That's what this is. This is, this is more, I, I think, kind of like uh, corporate propaganda. You know who's really good at this messaging thing? <laughs> Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text. And so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy. 
and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. Shall we play a game? Let's talk rumors. Tons of rumors. Which one do you want to start with first? So the Intello one is, I mean, we've been talking about Intello and, you know, hearing that they're just not getting uh, traction, but you actually found something even more beyond that. There's kind of some different angles that they're trying to run right now. Yeah. So we've been talking about Intello trying to sell like deep discount stuff, looking for anybody to like buy their shit. Something. Yeah. And uh, they've just been coming up empty. So uh, a rumor that I got was that Intello are currently trying to get uh, some private equity funding to merge with Convey IQ. Hmm. Um, Convey IQ, you'll remember, used to be take the take the interview uh, video sort of higher view competitor, and then they became sort of an all encompassing platform. Uh, so yeah, there's rumor that there's a merge there. Um, this source also tells me that Intello is running out of options. Uh, recent departures of VPs of Engineering, product sales, and marketing, which are kind of the main main departments uh, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, most of the sales team are out. So, shit's bad at Intello. Um, it looks yeah. like they're trying to find an exit. I mean, we've heard every everyone from like iSims to Workday to all kinds of other companies that are looking to, to buy these guys. But um, it looks right. like the clock is ticking big time. Yeah, I think for many of these startups that are, are starting to, to, to see their runaway kind of kind of run out mm-hmm. the the most important thing that companies have to understand is cool tech definitely is is awesome to talk about but if you don't have a solid revenue uh strategy in place yeah. you're fucked i mean because you can talk about you can try to build cool new tech but if you don't have money to fuel it then you're screwed right and and that's one of the things that i think you know you get mesmerized into all these numbers that are thrown out from a funding standpoint mm-hmm. but you've got to remember profitability is the key and if you're not building toward that and you're just building toward the new you know the the new next cool feature you know in the next sprint then you're really you're really losing sight of a long-term objective yeah. whatever whether whether that's acquisition or actually building to become your own platform and that's what i'm seeing from a lot of startups is they're not focusing on the fuel right you have the engine but you got to fuel that fucker somehow yeah and you know intel has been around for quite a while i want to say that they launched in like 11 or 12 uh-huh you know we talk a lot about you know when you build your when you build your product on someone else's stuff that you run a huge risk of, you know, getting screwed. Right. And we saw this with Facebook folks like branch out and be known and, and others when Facebook changes their rules, you're screwed. And yeah. Intello's original business was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna scan LinkedIn. And when someone changes their profile or they're more active or like we're going to we're going to pick up these little cues on LinkedIn to tell you like hey this person may be more more looking for a job more apt to be open to a new job than others mm-hmm. and when LinkedIn changed their rules and they couldn't do that anymore and said no you know no one's going to spot our shit like Intello was like okay now what do we do and they became a sourcing tool essentially right and then that became commoditized and as for, you know from what i hear 
they don't even they don't even scrape their own data anymore. Like they they either buy it or they rent it or whatever from someone else. Right. It's that whole pool of like 150 you know candidates that everyone uses, and so they've become a commodity when they used to have a pretty cool business. But I think I think LinkedIn pulled the rug out from under them, and they've been scrambling trying to figure out what we do or what we do next, you know, ever since that yeah. happened, if memory serves correctly. You can run an organization for, for a good amount of time, especially if you're focused on burn rate, if you have $41 million. I mean, that, they had close to $41 yeah. million. So they've been around for a while, but still, again, it's it's all about that strategy and how you're going to attack the market. Are you going to attack to be able to, to partner and deeply integrate with these core systems? Are you going to try to build something uh, that will stand the test of time, which is going to be hard as fuck. Let's just say that. And and, and at that point, I mean, your strategy is entirely different and you're more of, uh, you have more of a focus on, you know, agencies and and direct to, to, to clients, right? Um, it, but the strategy is mm-hmm. entirely different. And I see a lot of these companies, they don't even know who to reach out to. They have no clue where the cash is in the first place. They see Fortune 500 brands and they think it's going to be easy to walk in and actually sell that shit. Number one, it's not. Number two, they probably don't have as much money as you think they do. Number three, they probably have no clue what talent rediscovery actually fucking means, right? So you're fighting all of that. It, it just, it blows my mind. It really does. Mind blown. Let's go to career builder. Speaking of blown minds. It's interesting because we were talking about this um, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, you would ask me, you know, whose head do you think is going to roll? And I said, Rena, I, I, I think Arena, the current CEO, her, her head's going to roll just because mm-hmm. she's in charge. She's the one making the decision. It's, it's, it's her, right? And she sets the tone for the entire organization. Well, the tone has been... A mass exodus of executives in very pivotal types of individuals from Career Builder, right? So we were talking about that, and I had a bunch of people like texting me and 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 calling and all that other fun stuff, saying you're you're right, right? You know, so I'm not saying that mm-hmm. she's I'm not saying she's gone or you know, but I I believe because of the whole the, the stove is getting the bo- is yeah the saying. board meeting all that stuff. <laughs> I don't see I don't see it lasting very long, guys. The big question is who's going to step up and who's going to who are they going to put into that CEO position? It'll be another pencil pusher, which I think is what I called her uh, yeah. when we when we talked yeah. about this. And it, for those that didn't listen or don't remember, uh, they had their second sort of executive leave within a year of the company and the board meeting, which you mentioned. Yeah. I, Heads are going to roll. I mean, they're still trying to sell this thing. They're trying to scrap it, uh, you know, sell it for sell the pieces of it, and it's just not working. Um, and Irina, the nature of the beast, is is most likely going to be replaced. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how this is going to end, but it's not going to be pretty for a lot of people. I'll tell you when you can when you can really see this thing is over. Um, look at the bonus cycles for salespeople, yep. and when those bonus cycles are actually paid out. When you start to see the mass exodus, it's fucking, you're done. Mm-hmm. Done. That's all there is to it. That's that's like the last piece because there are so many great salespeople already at Career Builder. Mm-hmm. They can see it happening internally when they see it happen internally. And you see that happen after the bonus cycle, done. <laughs> By the way, Career Builder salespeople, there are a lot of chat bots looking to hire uh, good sales <laughs> folks. So get on the horn there with Alio and Maya and uh, Olivia and everybody else because they're they're paying well and hiring. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so in Denver this week and, um, you know, you and I are always pretty high on Google and what they're doing. And it was interesting because this guy got on stage from Google, can't remember his name, but he was talking about how Google's pretty much going to stop all the third party cookies, yep. right? Yep. And he's talking to a room of tech vendors who rely on third party cookies for retargeting. And I mean, it's just it's like, what? Why did you just say that in this room? Was that yeah. kind of like a, a nice little, hey, we're going to smack <laughs> you upside the head. Um, but he had a remember when they launched uh, Facebook jobs at yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At, at TA Tech, <laughs> TA Tech yeah. job boards. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Like, you're, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was a really short presentation. It wasn't really great. Um, I guess he had to go to Morocco or some shit like that. And then he was like trying to get off the stage and I was like, no, you have time for questions. So I was lucky enough to get the first question and I asked him about the WAPO story this week in Washington Post that actually, <laughs> that, that researchers had actually called Google Chrome spyware because the amount of cookies that it, it pulls in, right? So my question to him was, okay, so if you already have Google Chrome, which is collecting all these cookies and, and actually being seen and called spyware, why are you telling everybody in this room that you're doing away with third-party cookies? He looked at me like, I can't believe you just asked me that fucking question. Of course. And then said, Google's doing away with cookies. Next question. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? All right. I think that uh, concludes our rumors segment of the show. Let's talk about Wayfair employees uprising and call it a day. Yeah. Let's close this bitch out. <laughs> you know the story better than I do because it's more of your lane. Uh, but basically, Wayfair furniture maker was selling furniture uh, to... I guess what border? No, it was, it, it's it's the current. So so the current situation that we've been we've been hearing all over the news is like you know kids in cages, kids sleeping on concrete, yeah. that kind of thing, right? You know, so it, apparently the federal government said, well, let's go ahead and spend two hundred thousand dollars on furniture from uh, Wayfair for uh for immigration detention facility for a immigration detention facility and employees got uh, wind of this and they're like no this is this is not right now it's not that they don't think it's right that kids sleep on something other than concrete number one okay so it's not that they want to take yeah. beds away from the kids they have a, a fundamental problem with obviously uh these kids being in cages and sleeping I mean, anywhere away from their parents. Principle. The principle of the whole thing, right? That's It's the principle. So this impacts our industry. Everybody's like, why the fuck are these guys talking about this? It's pretty simple because, you know, our this country was built and will continue to be built on immigration, right? And we've mm -hmm. been asking as, as, you know, our professionals and our professional associations and really the largest professional association that's out there today, you know, SHRM. You know, where, where are you? We're still waiting here from, from our standpoint to have an interview with somebody at SHRM to be able to talk about the responses yeah. to their support of the current administration immigration laws. We know that they're focused and they're, and they're what they're trying to say is they're focused on just the workforce stuff. But as we all know, this country is blended and we can't find people to fucking fill jobs as it is right now. Period, right? So the the fuel of immigrants from the start of this country has never stopped. It has always helped us to diversify and, and to innovate and to be able to think that 
we can just change that overnight and stop it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We need a professional organization like SHRM to be able to address this and to be able to answer questions and find out why they aren't moving the dial on this conversation. They should be on the show. We should have a conversation about this because this matters. You know, I think for me, historically speaking, the way that workers uprise and sort of let their voice be heard is really unique to this time and period. You know, back in the day, it was, you know, there was a labor union and a labor boss and they would get, you know, like they would express right. the views of the workers. And now workers are just saying like, we're just going to mobilize ourselves and have a viewpoint. And what uh, what's amazing to me about the Wayfair story is these workers went to management and said, we don't want you to do this. And management said, fuck you, we're doing it. Yeah. And the workers said, oh, is that the way it's going to be? <laughs> and then, you know, retaliated. So like, that's a really interesting, um, you know, dynamic in the world. Like the way that workers are saying, screw the company and we're going to mobilize and like let our voices be heard. And that companies, because of low unemployment, kind of have to take it is, is just really an interesting dynamic to me historically. And from labor unions to sort of now, um, it's just a really intriguing evolution yeah. to how workers are, you know, sticking it to the man. I'm not a big de Blasio fan, but he said something on stage last night that really kind of resonated with me. He said, yep. you know, people of America don't look at these immigrants as the reason why you aren't progressing in life the way that you want to look at your employers. Look at the companies who aren't paying you the wages to be able to actually get you there. That's yeah. where the focus yeah. should be. And we need to get our heads on straight. And we need an organization like SHRM to step the fuck up and actually start addressing these things. Because if they're going to get on, if they're going to get on Twitter and they're going to say they appreciate certain aspects of what this administration is doing, great. Let's go ahead and open up this conversation. Let's have a real conversation that's not all warm and fuzzy. All this excitement has really worn me out, and I think I'm ready for a nap. I'm going to go drink one of those Denver beers. We out. out. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.